Wow, Carl Brock, you've done it again. The Gut Healing Summit is here, featuring 16 leading experts sharing groundbreaking information on the gut and microbiome. Now, these experts include Dr. Perlmutter, Pete Evans, and a range of your favorite wellness couch hosts, including me, Damien Christoph, also Cindy O'Meara and Joe Witten. Recorded in beautiful HD high-quality video interviews, Kale and his expert guests distill microbiome research into an actionable, comprehensive message for you to improve your health and well-being today. Now, just go to www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash gut health and you'll get free access to the Wellness Summit Home Study Package just for signing up. That's right. So if you go to www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash gut health, not only do you get the Gut Summit videos and interviews free, but you will also get access to the Wellness Summit Home Study Package free just for signing up. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Christoph. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicating bringing wellness into our lives. We got our uh, midnight voices. It's late in the night. Uh, we tried like Richard, <laughs> what's his name on music on um, 101.1 Mix FM? What is it? So, like love songs and dedications kind of thing going on. Up next is Barry White. <laughs> oh, listen to that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's we tried to record this podcast earlier in the day and the internet was just really bad. And so, we had to come back to the studio this tonight and it's late in the night and we're going to back recording because we really wanted to get this guy on the show properly uh, without any disruption so that you can actually hear his sexy voice uh today we actually have our fellow podcaster on the wellness couch the kale brock from the kale brock show i actually had your, your breakfast date this morning my breakfast date this morning uh with along with helen um and you know one of the things is is with kale this morning he was just so excited to be on this podcast and we had to rush out of dinner and and you know, our breakfast and came back to record and obviously all that screwed up but you know what it all happens for a reason and we are back and uh tonight today we're actually going to be talking about something really important uh it's something that we discussed earlier um maybe about 10 podcasts ago with damien but today we're going to have kale brock discuss about gut health simply because he's got a special project going on right now and it's spectacular i actually saw some glimpses of it and it also features you know one uh, a one wellness guy which is damien christoph an expert in that one of 16 experts on the gut health on gut health summit so welcome to the show kale brock hello <laughs> there you go. I'll be doing um, um, Midnight Voices. That was mine. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> hello. You must have got really close to the microphone then. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is great. We should uh, do a nighttime version. Uh, yeah, no, these nighttime the versions are awesome. <laughs> One Sky's Midnight it Edition. <laughs> oh. just, it just includes all the things Damo says on Skype but doesn't say on the podcast. <laughs> Kind of like pillow, it's pillow talk, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> pillow talk. Oh man! All right, uh, Kyle Brock, Brock. So you've had uh, you've had breakfast with Helen Patteran and Lawrence Tam today. You've been talking all things gut. I'm sure you've been eating unbelievably. You would have surfed today. Tell mm-hmm. us, uh, tell us what's on the hat. What's going on? Tell us about 
this unbelievable project you've been putting together? What's what's going on? I mean, it's it's unbelievable for a few reasons. One of them is we have old DK on the on the summit. Um, Did you say old DK? <laughs> Did you say old? Did you say old or old? It's old. So when you cut off the D, it's actually an endearment. <laughs> Me old mate, like that. Yeah. <laughs> but when you when you say the D, it means yeah, it's a oh. it's a negative. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where we go from there. It's all right. Forty three. Forty three. I can handle. It. I can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. One hundred on out. All right. So uh, no, it's going. <laughs> it's been a very very um. Fun project, actually. Uh, the Gut Healing Summit has um, been my definitely my biggest project on the gut, and it's been it's all been it's been all about us answering those big questions uh, about the gut that I've had for a really long time, and also challenging my own ideas on what I thought I knew about the gut and the microbiome, which is always good to do. And having people on who are really putting the rubber to the road in terms of working with clients on a day-to-day basis and doing some sort of research on a day-to-day basis, I think is really important to actually help others who um, are interested in that information to actually uh, garner some tips and ideas on what they can do in the home and in their everyday life to actually support the actions of the gut and the microbiome. So it's been a really fun project. We've done a bunch of video interviews, so um, 14 video interviews, in-person video interviews, and then two Skype ones. Um, so it's been a lot of work and then cutting all those together and, and uploading them and having a bunch of bonuses available and all that sort of stuff that you do with a summit. But it's been a really interesting experience and the learning curve has been steep um, on my part even and I'm a quote-unquote gut health researcher. So it's been incredibly interesting and, and really fun to do. So what are we going to find out about the gut, Kale? There's so much information out there about the gut at the moment. There's so many different people talking about it. You know, what are the what are the myths that you're going to dispel? What's the additional information you're going to give us about the gut that we didn't know already? I think one of the nicest things about it was there were common messages. Um, so all those things that we have been told already, so things like eating a whole foods diet, um, and, you know, even dispelling some some myths around what a whole foods diet looks like and how it has to be individualized and unique for every person and is, is dependent on where they live, for instance, as well. <clears throat> so just looking at those things, I think, are really important. You know, that the 80% of things that are blanket across the board, very important for people to do. But where the nitty gritties come into it, where those finer details in terms of how we approach the gut and the microbiome, all those sorts of things were where it became really interesting. So chatting with people like um, Dr. Andrea Huddleston, who's, you know, host of the Wellness Women Radio, um, talking with her about hormones and the impact that the gut has on hormones via the liver and, and the gut lining, and then speaking with people like uh, Dr. Oh, sorry, Professor he's not even a professor either, uh, John Elliman, who's a microbiologist, uh, and speaking with him about probiotic capsules versus probiotic powders, and then speaking with Helen about fermented foods and wild fermented foods versus probiotics. So really delving in deep into those ideas that we we know generally but we don't know specifically and just finding ways of investigating that don't, um, I suppose, discount theories of, of other experts, but also just add a little bit of 
colour and conjecture and, and perspective into those arguments uh, so that in the end, you know, what we're doing is is laying all the cards out on the table and, and helping the consumer make an informed decision about their gut health because, you know, us three or us four, sorry, will know the basic of how to look after our gut and i think no that's, that's right that's right probably, us three is probably the, the, the yeah right no, the, you can three, eliminate three me three, three, yeah, yeah, three. generous generous yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay thank you okay so um most of us know about the gut and the microbiome and how we can support it in a general sense and that's probably what you guys talk about on on most of your episodes is different ways in which you can support your microbiome but obviously there are still a lot of people living out there with you know dysbiosis or an autoimmune condition which we're seeing is very related to the gut neurological conditions which we're seeing are very related to the gut uh, mental health conditions which are very related to the gut so there's still a certain uh, disparity there. There's still a big gap between what we know and the results that we're getting. So I think my job during the summit was to try and break down that barrier and to really hone in on those different specifics so that people could, you know, get a little bit um, targeted and appropriate with, with what they're doing in the home. You know, Kel, you've been, uh, you know, doing a lot of talks around gut health for you know a couple of years now you i remember you at the wellness summit and you were talking about some gut health and you came to the wellness breakthrough uh and i've done that too as well and so you've been studying this for quite some time and and, and been teaching a, you know you had a whole tour on this and you know what made you decide to go and interview you know 16 experts on this on top of like all the knowledge you already had well i think at some point along the the journey that you just mentioned, I realized that I didn't uh, want to be the expert and I didn't want to walk around saying that I knew everything. Not that I was saying that anyway, but mm. I didn't want to have that mindset. I didn't want to have a closed mindset. I wanted to really become a lifelong learner when it mm. came to the microbiome and health. And when I took on that mindset, it really opened up a lot of doors for me in terms of facilitating what I or who I believe to be great experts who can really share a message. And I think when I took on the job of helping them share that message in a comprehensive, actionable way for the everyday person, you, because if you look at scientific articles on the gut and the microbiome or scientific research, it's incredibly boring to read. It's not that interesting. It takes someone to be able to turn that paper or turn that theory into a nice comprehensive message for it to actually hit home and be impactful. And that was what I was seeing is that a lot of people became obsessed with learning. And I think that was really the case for me early on. I became obsessed with learning and and never actually put things into action. Where uh, nowadays I see my job more as uh, trying to get trying to get people feeling inspired about the gut and the microbiome. And it sounds a little bit cheesy, but in order to do that, I found that I was quite good at, you know, telling stories and sharing the advice of numerous experts, like the 16 people that I interviewed, sharing their stories from their perspective and from their experience, because we can't discount someone who's been a naturopath or nutritionist for 20, 30, 40 years, because that is so important, what they've done and the experiences that they've gathered along the way it's absolutely huge so i felt like i was doing not a disservice but i felt like i was not quite hitting it how i wanted to hit it so to be able to actually step back and say 
here's what I've learned from all these people and here's what they're actually saying is I think much more powerful than actually walking out on stage and just sort of sharing a general gut message, which I still think is important and I'll still do it. It's just now I'll do it with a lot of a lot of in-person research and um, a lot of great, fantastic in-person resources as well. So people who I can fall back on and ask more questions. You know, Damien will receive text messages and calls from me asking about various stuff all the time because, you know, I value his advice. And then it's the same with the rest of the people that I've interviewed. It's I think they're doing the groundwork and my job is to just help them share their stories to a larger audience in a nice in a nice, pretty little message. Kyle, it's uh, it is an exciting project, and I'm honoured that you included me to be part of it. And it's it's humbling to know that there's some great speakers and great minds in this summit that you've put together uh, that can you know really just blow people away. And I was I was listening to a podcast this morning, an interview with Jeff Bland. Uh, Jeffrey Bland is a, a world he's a pioneer. He's kind of like the Nostradamus of functional medicine. Like he's been tipping microbiome and tipping gluten sensitivity and tipping cardiovascular disease and all kinds of different things that you know decades before it actually became trendy. But he was saying that back in 1996 there was about 50 studies per year published on the microbiome. And these days, there's about 160 studies published per week on the microbiome. How does anybody keep up with that sort of change in research? And and do you think that by the time the summit goes out, that the information will be almost outdated? (laughs) It's a good question. I asked John Elliman the same thing. And he said, the best thing that we can do is to share the information that we believe to be correct at this given time. And if in a year's time we're proven wrong, that's okay because it's just called science and that's the way it goes. I think a lot of the groundwork has been done in the microbiome. And like you said, there's, there are so many uh, bodies and teams committed to research now that we're seeing an influx. Is science, of, is science allowed to be wrong? Yes. Really? <laughs> of course. I didn't that's think that in Australia, science was allowed to be wrong. <laughs> I thought that once it was in science, like it was dead and you know, that was it. It's rusty and old. <laughs> wow. Well, this is, you know, science it does take wrong. a long time. But it takes a very long time <laughs> oh, for change that. to occur. You and I, But, you know, that's not that's not the, the case just with the wellness industry too. That's the case with various other industries as well. Change takes time and it takes pioneers to actually drive that change and educate communities who will really bring the change about. So I think what we're doing is incredibly important. And I also think that we, we need to give a little bit of leeway to our education system and all that sort of stuff because if they hang their coat up on a hook that, you know, in, in like we said, in a year's time is proven to be wrong and they're accused of hanging it up too early, then they sort of put themselves in a pretty precarious position. That being said, though, there is an overwhelming amount of evidence to show that the gut and the microbiome is an absolutely fundamental part of our health and it goes all the way back to when we were born. So it's impossible to keep up with all the latest research. I mean, I'm a journalist, I'm a, a gut researcher, and I am now probably more selective with where I get my gut information from because there's just so much. You've got to filter it somehow. So I think it's incredibly hard, and that's why it's important to speak with you guys and practitioners because you guys are out there testing these theories and 
you guys are out there gathering anecdotal evidence on how these things work and you're adjusting your approach accordingly depending on the results that you're getting with yourself as well and and your clients. So I think mixing all those things together is really where we're going to see um, change occur on a widespread sort of scale. Remember that we had alternative medicine over here to the left and we had uh, Western medicine over here to the right. Never to never shall the two meet. But now with the science of the microbiome, there is starting to become a common ground, if you will. So, you know, where, where these alternative health practitioners are starting or complementary health practitioners are starting to get the nod of approval from the guys in the white coats because they're saying, oh, yes, we looked in the Petri dishes and there are microbes there. So, you know, maybe they are having an impact on our health so it's become this you sounded like this guy i've seen on the internet <laughs> called kale broccoli kale's was that bro- you it is kale's broccoli hey mate <laughs> hey so, yeah. uh, kale i'd love to ask you a question that i asked damo a couple of weeks ago when we did a recording serious. all about the gut uh and a question that i asked you earlier on today so you should be well prepared for it but um <laughs> as you said there's lots of information out there at the moment about the gut as damo said there's bucket loads of research being done on the gut at the moment. It is just the absolute topic of the moment. Everyone's focused on the gut and linking it to absolutely everything. Um, do you think it's possible that we are overstating the importance of the gut and at, at the expense of perhaps other areas we could be looking at, or do you think it is just that important? I think it is probably uh, extremely important. There's always going to be areas, you know, I think if you – if you only own a hammer, pretty much everything starts to look like a nail. So that's the case with everything. You know, if you've just got medicines in your toolkit, that's the only thing you're going to prescribe. So we need to maintain an open mind when it comes to health, I think. But it's also at the same time as saying that I think it's incontrovertible, the amount of evidence and the type of evidence. You know, we're seeing studies where, for instance, we have we stress out mice. So we put them in stressful circumstances and then we... Uh, give them a probiotic and see the differences between how they respond to the stress. And we see that mice have reduction in cortisol production. They seem to act less stressed. And, you know, we see an overall massive difference. And that's been done across various different topics as well. So it's very hard to ignore that uh, excellent research that's going on. But I also think that Yes, indeed, there are going to be other things and other topics that we become obsessed with over time. You know, mindfulness is starting to become a big thing now and our emotions and our stress and how that impacts health. And I think that's going to be a burgeoning sort of field of study as we move on into the future. But I think the microbiome is certainly here to stay. And where it's going, I think we're going to start looking at the origins of everyone's microbiome and going back to the birth story and how that actually impacts one's microbiome for the rest of one's life and how when we deliver a baby naturally uh, and mum passes on all her microbes to the child, it definitely works in with the immune system and there's definitely a long-term impact from that. I think we're going to know more about that over the years and I think also we're going to learn or come up with ways at how we can actually potentially intervene during those times for a better outcome and also hopefully recreate, if you will, an optimal environment during that time for older people. So, for instance, there's a, a a lot of research now on how uh, those initial microbes called segmented filamentous bacteria, they enter the system and 
and they actually train the immune system of the baby to actually accept all the microbes from mum, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So what uh, I think science is going to do now is to say, well, how can we recreate that and optimize it? How can we, you know, up-level it? So um, that's where it's going. But I also agree, Brett, that some people are definitely going to overstate the gut. You know, if you're just going to walk around saying, we can eat your pizza, but as long as you take probiotics tonight, you'll be fine. I don't think that's the situation. <laughs> I think... get gluten-free and vegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think it's definitely going to be a multifaceted uh, approach to health, but we know that, you know, and that's why you're probably in this industry and that's why you do the podcast because you want to take a holistic approach to health. If you've got perfect gut health, but, it's, but you're sitting at home depressed with no purpose, in life you're not healthy so yeah you know Kel, like obviously like you know what brett sort of mentioned was uh, you know is this a trend is this just a fad and and i do wonder like you know is gut health such a big thing at the you know in the last few years because of a maybe technology we're actually finding out more about the the microbiome and it actually its effect on us uh, that maybe we couldn't detect earlier we just kind of anecdotally know that that was there or is it also maybe and or B, which is like the environment that we live in, the stress that we actually have, um, the type of foods that we actually ingest now, the lifestyle that we live, are actually causing um, these things to kind of show up a bit more. Like, what do you think is why this is such a, a prominent topic or things are, are, are just being highlighted in, in terms of wellness? I think when we see in the news headlines that there's an, a, tri- a tribe discovered in the Amazon who have never been exposed to antibiotics, mm. I think... When that's in the headlines, you realize that every single person in the world has probably, you know, nearly every single person in the world has been exposed to antibiotics. And antibiotics, although uh, life-saving, you know, Professor Alexander Fleming discovered them in 1928. And in 1941, they started using them. Within two years of them using them, there was actually some resistant organisms showing up against penicillin. So this is when the the, uh, microbes become smarter than the drugs we're trying to treat them with. So when you have that huge history of antibiotic use and and other things which disrupt the microbiome like, you know, a a processed food sort of diet, then there are always going to be, there's always going to be a huge prevalence of gut issues. So when, and, you know, human beings are pretty funny. We like to identify the the source of our problems and then go and attack it. You know, we want to go and attack the gut now with all our antifungal things and our antimicrobial things and really attack the body into wellness, which is counterintuitive because we actually want to uh, love and nourish the body into wellness. So there is a big mix up in the approaches to gut health. But I think like you're saying, it's definitely coming about because people aren't experiencing optimal health. And what the science is saying, or what a lot of the science is saying, is that the reasons for people not experiencing that optimal health has to do with the gut and the microbes living on and inside of you. So I think it's like Brett was alluding to before, there's always going to be a um, multi-factored situation when it comes to disease expression and not experiencing optimal health. But, you know, in terms of calling it a trend, I think we're way past that now. Uh, A trend in gut health would have been probably 15 to 20 years ago. I think once we went past the stages of having Harvard Medical School on board, New York University on board, Martin Blazer, uh, all those guys on board and looking at the gut and the microbiome. And net just now, the White House have dedicated, I think, $200 million to a microbiome project in America. 
it's gaining traction and it's gaining traction for a reason. There is science, there's, there's a lot of it and it's often hard to decipher, but with amazing experts out there and people who I suppose um, can, can take that research and turn it into a message that we can actually act on, I think that it's definitely here to stay and it's going to have a big impact on the health outcomes that we experience each and every single day. It's so super exciting, Kyle. It's um, it's it's awesome. I think in terms of navigation for the consumer, it's really difficult because you've got people out there that are, are sprouting, you know, various different gut protocol things, um, and people are saying, you know, buy this product, buy that product. They're, they're not comparing apples with apples. You know, you've kind of got products out there with strains that have not been tested or have not been researched but um, could be the cousins of the ones that actually have and then the purported to have the same sort of benefits, you know. So mm. there's a lot of people out there kind of wondering, you know, what, is this real? Is this is this just another hoax? Um, do they even know what a healthy microbiome is? You know, how does the consumer feel safe that, uh, that this is actually something that is important and that it does influence brain health and cardiovascular health as well as gut health and joint health and so on and so forth? I think it's super hard to do because we, until we establish, and this is the caveat with having a regulatory body like perhaps the Therapeutic Goods Association getting involved in natural products like probiotics. Do we want them involved? You know, are they going to be beneficial to that process or not? John Elliman brought up a very interesting topic in our interview, and he's the microbiologist. He uh, referenced a study done by the uh, Department of Primary Industries, and he showed that this graph to me that had the various lactobacillus strains and uh, some bifido strains as well, and they have the same name, except there are substrains. So there's like a B52 strain or there's like a X12 or whatever like that. So they're actually different strains of lactobacillus acidophilus and lactobacillus rhamnosus. And he showed that one lactobacillus acidophilus was at the top of this chart in terms of suppressing the growth of pathogenic bacteria. So that is bad bugs. He also yeah. showed that there was another lactobacillus at the bottom of the chart, which actually had uh, increased the growth of the pathogenic bugs. And I said, how does the consumer know what substrains are used in the product? He said, well, often they won't list them. And often you just can't know. So we're left in this situation where we're a little but bit disempowered I, and we're a little bit in the dark. Yeah, go ahead, Damon. You, you've got to look then for the strain um Identifier, like you've got to look for mm. the straight. So, for example, you've heard me, Carl Brock, talk about um, LGG in the treatment mm. and management of allergies and all that sort of thing. It's not just lactobacillus rhamnosus; it's the LGG or the GG strain of lactobacillus rhamnosus. So, you've got to look to see that it is the specific strain, like BB12, which is a, a particular strain, or Shirota, which is you know another strain. So, you got to look for the proper strain. That's, I suppose, what's really important for the consumer. Yeah, exactly. And and finding out all those strains and which ones are effective is incredibly hard to do uh, unless you have a microbiology degree or a naturopathic degree like yourself. It's incredibly hard to do. So I think there is a space for in the wellness movement products that have or or are reliant on testing that's more from an anecdotal standpoint. I think that's really powerful still. But when it comes to therapeutic agents and treating the microbiome like, I suppose, more of a 
medicine step from more of a medicine standpoint and sort of treating the person back into wellness that's where i think the science is going to really benefit us because we're going to see now um regular gps and doctors actually prescribing specific probiotics for specific conditions we're already seeing you know i've spoken with various psychology and uh, students about this we're already seeing a big uh influx or awareness building of uh, the link between the gut and the brain and how psychologists are probably going to need nutrition training now and how they're going to have to know the difference between good probiotics and bad probiotics and which ones are really good for the brain. So I think it's definitely changing. And if you are the everyday person, you don't probably don't need to go out and educate yourself to the point of getting your own microbiology degree, but um, it is going to take a little bit of time. And, you know, we only know what we know now based on the current evidence and science and anecdotal evidence we have. And, you know, that might change in a year. And that's okay because that's science. And, Kyle, what about fermented foods? Because you've spoken a lot about the, the probiotic supplements and that sort of stuff. And I know that fermented foods can be a controversial topic and, and created a bit of controversy amongst the guests that you had on uh, because some people have said, well, you should do probiotics. Some people, you should do, you know, you shouldn't do fermented foods at certain stages, all that sort of stuff. So talk about that, Kyle. Tell us about fermented foods. Fermented foods, <laughs> obviously where I started with the whole gut health thing is, is in fermented foods and doing workshops and stuff. So they still, I think, uh, hold a pretty important place in terms of establishing a good microbiome. But where there was conjecture was when someone is in a healing phase of any sort of gut healing program, the gut lining can still be open enough to actually allow uh, those probiotics and those wild bacteria that most of which we don't know in those fermented foods into the bloodstream, which can still cause inflammation. So there was a, a lot of talk about that. And that was, there's a lot of stuff uh, based on Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride's work with the GAPS diet. And that was just saying that it's much better to heal and seal the gut lining first. Yes, you can use micro, small doses of fermented foods. So on GAPS, people use some a little bit of sauerkraut juice during those healing phases. But the majority of the focus is actually on healing broths and soups to actually heal and seal that gut lining. And then once you've done that, and you've got a nice healthy barrier between the gut and the bloodstream, that's when having those fermented foods will diversify the microbiome because a lot of what uh, science is based on now around the microbiome is looking at microbiome diversity as an indicator of microbiome health. Whereas uh, some of our guests, you know, John Elliman talks about microbiome diversity a little bit different. He's saying that it's almost to achieve that uh, in conjunction, in healthy conjunction with your immune system because we've all been by antibiotics so the best thing you can do is to recreate a healthy environment by taking only specific strains of probiotics and i don't agree or disagree with any of these experts that's my opinion i just allow them to express their viewpoints and and cite their research and allow the consumer to make an informed decision on that but with fermented foods i think it was definitely the main point was made across the board that during the healing phases, fermented foods need to be treated with caution and you always need to listen to your body. And sometimes uh, in most circumstances, it's better to look at probiotic supplementation during those healing phases and then bring in the fermented foods. And of course, there were little, um, there are little exceptions to that in terms of what my guests thought. But overall, that was the general consensus that fermented foods during the healing phases need to be treated with caution. 
it's it's great that you've actually done this because I think you took a lot of um, what most people will find a challenging is basically taking all the information because there's so many experts out there, so many people talking, and you basically just collected you know 16 um, top world experts uh, together in one place that allows you to discuss and actually allows people to kind of really figure out for themselves what is right for them. And I think that you've done a great job. So you know, congratulations on this uh, on on the, on the you know, the Gut Healing Summit, I think it's going to be incredible. And so we actually, you know, if you want to go check it out, we actually created a special link to you can just go directly to it, which is thewellnesscouch.com forward slash gut health. That's thewellnesscouch.com forward slash gut health. Uh, and that will lead you directly to um, all the everything that's being offered at the moment. And it's ridiculously cheap. Like it's crazy, crazy cheap. Uh, and well, it's uh, free to start with. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculously <laughs> yeah, cheap. The summit airs for free. The summit airs for free, but if people want lifetime access to it, they, they have to buy it, unfortunately. So, and they'll get a bunch of bonuses if they do, but yeah, if, if they do sign up, um, they can actually watch it for free over uh, a period of four days. But um, yes, it, it is also quite cheap if they want to purchase lifetime access, especially when you consider the 16 experts that we have. But thank you very much, Lawrence. Well, I know you traveled. You know, we had discussion. You traveled a lot. You had to get a film yeah. crew in. And these are professionally filmed uh, in various locations. And, and so it's just amazing. And I know that we actually, we, we, we felt so strongly about this. We actually decided to put in our bonuses for anybody who actually signed up uh, for this. Uh, we're going to be putting up the Wellness Summit uh, Home Study Pack uh, to be included, which is way, you know, we, we sell those for at least, you know, 200, I think $250 each for, uh, for each year. So (laughs) we're actually putting the home study pack together and, and putting for those, anybody who signs up for it. So, you know, it's really available. That's how how much we believe in the product itself. And, uh, you know, thanks Kel for putting it together. And really, to be honest with you, I just want to see how the old man wellness guy, uh, shows up on, on, on film. So (laughs) especially, I mean, it's valued at over a million dollars. We don't charge that much. (laughs) <laughs> he's starting to lose his mind already um, <laughs> so late for the old fella tomorrow guys make sure you go to uh, thewellnesscouch.com forward slash uh, gut health uh, also in the meantime please make sure you go to our Facebook page uh, go to the Wellness Guys page and the Wellness Couch page uh, like us there and share that this podcast with your friends families and other strangers you think need a wellness update subscribe to us on iTunes and watch there please give us a great rating and also a comment again kel thank you very much and uh until next week guys begin creating wellness into your lives lead by example let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness guy show this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.